Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Canadian Gothic, a series by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners. This episode is going to take us back into the heart of Canada's largest city, Toronto, Ontario. In a recent episode, Nighttime highlighted a collection of random murders that occurred in the city's public transit system, which is operated by the TTC, or the Toronto Transit Commission. Well, as it turns out, in the weeks since the release of that episode, Toronto's public transit system has been in the news daily, if not multiple times a day, due to a seemingly endless series of violent events. I'm almost questioning if the nighttime episode inadvertently put a curse on the whole system. It's that bad. Well, in this episode of Nighttime, I've invited Canadian crime content creator Madeleine Klein to rejoin the show and help us all get caught up in the recent chaos that has been playing out on Toronto's public transit system. So take your seat and let's get into it. Madeleine Klein. It's minus 40 where you are. It sure is. Isn't that too cold? Oh, absolutely. Minus 10 is too cold for me. I was I was born to like live in the desert. Really? And instead you chose Saskatchewan? I didn't choose anything. For whatever reason, my, oh, you're my family there? settled here. And then I married some guy that lives here. Oh my gosh. What a nightmare. Here I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You poor thing. Um, <laughs> It gets cold there, but it also gets a lot of snow because I had a video I put up on TikTok the other day uh, showing off all the snow we had and you responded with like laughs in Saskatchewan. Oh, that was nothing. We you get yeah. a lot of snow there. Oh, yeah. Like vehicles get stuck. The first snowfall of the year is always super early and super mm -hmm. shitty because for whatever reason, like it snows the same every year, but the city's always super unprepared to like clear it so yeah and then there's also like when it's the first snowfall of the year is when uh the people who have uh, dilly dallied and didn't get their winter tires on in time you, that you was know, me could... this year oh okay i, I still uh... don't have them on i'm like you know what it's almost spring i'm good i'm, I'm <laughs> generally pretty early that i'll get them on and we have like we have all seasons for the summer then we have like studded winter tires during the winter so i'm like I have traction when I drive. Oh, well, I drive a Mini Cooper. And oh, this is cool. the, I just got new tires. So they're like all season or all weather or whatever. So it's not too bad. But if I had my old tires on, there's no way that my car would be in one piece by this time in the season. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into it here. We've, we've talked about the weather. Um, we've talked about the differences in temperatures between our places. And we talked about our tires. But what we need to do... <laughs> Next, before we get into the episode, is we need to address the controversy that you have cast over the show like a dark cloud as a result of something you said during the last episode we did about the Toronto Transit uh, Commission and the dam and the problems on the TTC. Just to set the scene for you and for listeners is the things that get said on the show that get a strong reaction from people i i cannot predict it at all it's a random statement often it's like a mispronunciation of a town or maybe getting a year wrong gets a lot of people writing in to correct it to correct me or maybe uh, a guest will say something controversial and i'll get a lot of emails about that but when i say a lot like if i get five messages about an episode the next day that i after i release it like i would consider that a strong reaction to a certain topic. But with all that said, I don't recall in the six years of making this show that I've ever got as many messages and comments about a specific sentence as the one that you said, um, where you tried to explain to me what a roly poly is. So what was said in the Toronto in the first TTC video uh, episode we did, we played the video of the woman who was pushed onto the track and survived and she described rolling out of the way like a roly-poly i had i don't know how i got the strength but i rolled like a roly-poly i said i don't know what that is and you tell me again what you think or, or what at least what you thought a roly-poly was 
Well, immediately when she said that, I got flashbacks of this show called Roly Poly Oli. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, like a robot family and they're all spherical. I've done a bit of research on it. Roly Poly Oli is a children's television series about a little robot who is composed of several spheres and other three-dimensional and geometric shapes. Roly Poly Oli was broadcast from October 4th, 98 until April 28th of 04, but later re-ran on Disney Junior. Uh, Of all the emails I got from people telling me what she meant by Roly Poly, you're the only person, I think, who thought it had something to do with this children's show. I, I'm hor- I'm mildly horrified that I'm the only, and I was like waiting for a listener feedback to be like, me too, Maddie. Mm-mm, didn't, didn't happen. Here's some feedback we got. I'm going to play and I got emails. I got voicemails. I got tagged in posts with pictures of various roly polies. Um, but you don't need to feel too bad because the jury is out a bit. There are roly polies. I think, yeah, it's the TV show. And maybe that's what she meant when she rolled out of the way of the train. But there's really two main uh, items people are referring to when they say roly poly. So here's the first. Hey, one. what's up, Jordan? I was just uh, listening to the Canadian Gothic episode and uh, had a thought uh, on the one segment where you're talking about the lady who uh, got pushed under the tracks and she was saying that she went all roly poly. Uh, Just my mind immediately went to when I was younger, I used to see these bugs like these pill bugs. Uh, We used to call them roly polies or uh, roll up bugs or potato bugs. Uh, It's like three different names for them. Uh, where you just, you know, it would curl in on itself and just, you know, go into a ball. Um, so that is honestly the thing that first came to mind is she just went into a freaking ball, <laughs> hugged the side of the track and tried to stay out of the way. Just a thought and uh, love the podcast, guys. Uh, yep. I'm going to tell you uh, what a little bit more about the bug. So he believes that the roly poly is a bug. Um the roly poly or roly poly is a common nickname for pill bugs, but certainly not the only name they go by. Some people call them wood bugs, which is what I was raised to know them as, wood lice, wood shrimp, or doodle bugs. And in England, they have dozens of different nicknames, including cheeky pigs, penny sows, and cheesy bugs. So roly polies in the bug world are like one of the most common bugs you see, and they look like little I don't know what they look like. They I've look never like seen wearing... one before in my life. You definitely have. They look kind of like, say, like a turtle or something. But I know. You of... sent me a photo. Okay. And I was horrified. You and had was... never seen one of those things? No. Oh, no, never. <laughs> Not you. Not Saskatchewan. Um, but <laughs> he sounded pretty confident. And roly-polies certainly are a type of bug. Um, but... There are a lot of other listeners who had different ideas on what she meant by roly-poly. Listen to this. Call this Exhibit B. Hey, Jordan. Just wanted to drop by and drop you a message to let you know that a roly-poly is a toy that has a round base that is weighted and rocks back and forth. So that lady who was in the train station that got pushed into the train saying she rolled around like a roly-poly that is what she meant have you ever heard of a toy called a roly-poly i think i've never heard of it called that but i i think i like can picture what she's talking about but i've only ever seen them in like horror movies mm, yeah because they're kind of like a 19 like a 1940s toy or something a roly-poly toy also referred to as a round bottom doll or tilting doll or tumbler or wobbly man or wobbly doll is a round bottom toy, usually egg shaped, that tends to right itself when pushed at an angle and does this in seeming in seemingly in contradiction to how it should fall. So it's like this old style of toy that was like heavy on the bottom. You would give it a little push and it would find its way back to being upright. Uh, so when I think of the three possible explanations, she could have been referencing Roly Polioli, the TV show that only you know about. She, she could have been referencing the pill bug, which folds into a ball and rolls away from predators. 
or she could have been referring to the toy that wobbles back and forth. I think if you wanted to get out of the way of the train, the pill bug, which actually rolled away from things, would be the proper solution. That has to be what she was talking about. It has to be. It like that's be. that's the only logical and this goes against all of my better judgment but that has to be the only logical answer <laughs> um either way it's settled if anyone's listening to this and you are compelled to write me and tell me what a roly-poly is not necessary if uh you don't need to tag me in posts with pictures of roly-polies what you need to do is find madeleine klein on whatever social media you use and tag her in pictures of bugs because I've no. had enough. <laughs> Don't bring me into this. Like this Bring me is... into it. You brought me and the listeners into this. I just put forth my educated opinion <laughs> on Roly Polioli. <laughs> Let's move on. Fine. It's settled. I'm going to consider this settled. Um, so in addition to hearing from listeners who wanted to settle the whole thing with Roly Poly, what else surprised me is we heard from TTC employees who were weighing in on the stories we covered and just some of the facts we gave on the TTC and its safety and what it's doing to keep passengers and actual drivers safe. I'm gonna read one email and play a voicemail. So the first is an email I received. It says, hello, Jordan. Your episode on the TTC was engrossing and brilliant. I've been a fan of your podcast since the early days. I think the first episode I heard was the one about the Shag Harbor UFO incident that you did back in 2016. I've been a bus driver with the TTC for over 15 years, and man, do I have some stories. Suicide is much more prevalent than anyone in the public would know. There's an existing agreement between the Toronto Emergency Services, the TTC, and local media to downplay the number of jumpers. The number is likely somewhere around 100 per year. Of course, the holiday season is the worst. So when we did our episode, I think we both, I don't recall what the number was, but we were both surprised at how few suicides were. Um, I think it was were, like 25. Yeah. And we were both like, whoa, that seems really low. Uh, according to him or her, they're expecting it's closer to 100. Uh, and I was kind of like, I was honored that someone who works on the TTC for that long could listen to that episode and be like, you guys did good. That's, yeah, not from Toronto. I don't know the TTC very well, but we pulled it off. I'm surprised that more than one employee gave feedback. Yeah. Uh, listen to this one. Here's another TTC employee. Just listening to your podcast on murders on the TTC. Just uh, maybe go a little easier on the TTC. And just you were looking at statistics, 25 a year for suicides. You will not find any statistics. It happens every single day. The problem is most suicides, they don't end up dying. They are not reported. Just uh... anyway, if you'd ever like to discuss the TTC more, I am an employee there. So I thought I would just fill you in on a little information. Be a little nice so we're not that bad. TTC's good. We just have a lot of people. I just, when I listened to that, because I listened to it today earlier, I was like, that was sent before the week of January 21st. I know. And I, and I wonder <laughs> if she's like, ooh. Oh, can I unsend that message? Right. <laughs> yeah, because, and that's why we're here tonight. We released that episode two weeks ago that looks at, uh, I think it was four or five stories of random murder or attempted murder on the TTC that spanned I think probably five or 10 years we looked back at, at that in that episode. Since releasing that episode, it has been like, you cannot look on the news on CBC or any Canadian news without seeing a story about something horrific happening on the TTC. And it's immediately become, become a major issue in Toronto that um, the mayor, the premier, uh, citizens, all media, that everybody's involved in the discussion now about safety on the TTC. Um, and just like you said, that one week of the, like the 21st, it was just every day there was one or two incidents that were newsworthy. And just before we start to get into it, one other thing I want to say is I remember when we did the prior episode, we talked about how whenever a major incident happened, there was this like kind of renewed interest and attention into like, what can we do? Can we put up a barrier to prevent people from getting pushed off? Blah, blah, blah. 
nothing ever got done, but right now it seems like more than ever, people are like, something has to happen. This week has been nuts. Yeah, it's, they're they're ramping something up because well, it's crazy. It just makes me see like what the hell is happening in Toronto. It's um w w what this episode is going to be, and the reason we decided to do this is for one to address the criticism and put the roly poly thing to bed, but also there has been so many newsworthy incidents within one week that we've collected those stories, and we're going to go through them, and we're also going to discuss the uh, proposed solution that the government has at least at this point to try to keep people safe so let's get into it with uh we're gonna call this episode more chaos on the ttc or maybe it could also be called like a week of hell on the ttc that would be appropriate somewhere in the middle let's get into it i'm samantha cole host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Aaron Habel of Generation Y, and with me is Jack Luna of Dark Topic. We'd like to introduce you to Marooned, a new podcast that's sure to capture your attention. Tales of the catastrophically lost are what we have to offer. Hikers swallowed by the woods. Explorers discovering nothing but destitution. True crime calamity. Oddities of harrowing human experience. It's a museum of misadventure. So pack a lunch. Subscribe to Marooned wherever you find podcasts. We are waiting. Please hurry. Thank you. I'm going to look at this as um, from two, two points of view. One is going to be crimes against other fellow riders of the TTC. And then we're going to look at crimes against actual employees and drivers for the TTC. And again, if you missed the first episode, the TTC is the Toronto Transit Commission, which operates the public transit system in the Canada's largest city, Toronto. So we're talking about subways, um, buses, and streetcars primarily. Um, I, I just want to ask before we start listing off the stories, I've been getting tagged and getting sent a lot of um, articles like as the stuff is happening, you know, people being like, oh, Jordan, you know, I know you're interested in the TTC stuff because of that episode. Did you see this today? And I'll get a shocking uh, article sent to me. Were you surprised to see the frequency of it? We opened up some sort of floodgate. These are no yeah. longer isolated incidences. Yeah, like I almost feel like doing the research in the prior episode was like finding this like dusty old book in the basement of a cabin and trying to read its like weird language and then all of a sudden the sky turns red and CBC starts reporting on things happening on subways and trains. It, it was cursed. <laughs> let's Let's get into it. Again, starting with crimes against fellow passengers. The first story we're going to look at uh, in the first chronologically is going to be a, a violent purse snatching that occurred on the TTC and in, within the subway system. Uh, for people who are listening, you'll hear you'll hear the article. Um, but when you actually see the video, this involves like a scene right out of a movie where it's like kind of like a creepy guy with kind of hiding around a corner waiting for a woman to come into his view for him to basically jump on her and try to take her purse but i'm going to play that uh, clip and then we'll talk about it toronto police are asking for help in their search for a robbery suspect this is surveillance video from broadview station on monday night around seven o'clock police say the victim was approached as she entered the subway station the suspect grabbed the victim's purse causing her to fall down the stairs before taking off from the scene with her purse. Now, the suspect being described as 40 to 50 years old, around five foot six inches tall, with short dark hair, a pale green jacket, and beige pants. That's what he was wearing at the time. Please call police or Crime Stoppers if you have any information about this robbery. I think when you read about crime and stuff on a subway system, that's kind of what you expect, like kind of a robbery like that. But 
seeing the CCTV footage and seeing this woman getting like pulled to the ground, gripping on her purse alone in this underground tunnel below a major city. That's, that's horrifying. Like, have you ever fallen down the stairs in your house? I couldn't, uh, I couldn't imagine falling down concrete stairs. Yeah. And especially like when you look at the concrete stairs and the TTC, they're all like wet and dirty and the amount of like, just like stuff on there, like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to fall. I wouldn't want to touch anything down there. Um, but he ends up getting away with her purse. And as far as I could tell, they still haven't found that guy yet. Oh, no, I thought I thought they did. Oh, did okay. When I look when I last looked, I think they were still looking for him, but maybe they did catch him. Yeah, 44-year-old McKinley Manaling. Oh. Prick. Yeah. And he was he's being charged with robbery, failure to comply with ju judicial release, and failure to comply with probation order. Oh, a failure to provide, uh, uh, abide by judicial release. I wonder if that was like he was in trouble before and got out with a condition to not, you know, do anything wrong. For and, sure. Well, because he was clearly on probation too. He violated a probation. Yeah. Order. And here he is so. in the subway grabbing people. I have, I don't carry a purse with me. But I'm, I sure, I'm guessing on occasion you do. Have you ever had a situation where you thought someone was trying to grab it? Uh, never. I actually don't carry a purse. Okay. I used to, but... They're such junk collectors. So yeah. I I roll with almost nothing. It's like carrying a like a small junk drawer with you, right? Junk it is. drawer and a nice it leather just, bag. It just collects. So but no. And like even when I went I went to Europe and I like I had I kept everything in my hands at all times because I was so scared of losing things or like getting mugged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no, I don't have a story. <laughs> I have a... Uh... Like I carry, well, now I have a, my cell phone has like a spot where I can put my like debit card and stuff in it, my ID. So it's like, I just have my phone on me, but I used to carry a wallet and I would never keep it in my back pocket. I always kept it in my front pocket and I felt like it was a bit safer there. Cause I have this thing about like totally worrying that someone's going to like grab it or something like that. Seeing that news clip and watching that video, um, I think, uh, reinforces the need to watch yourself when you're down there. Well, and yeah. that might be, you know, growing up as a woman, I, you know, I was taught when you're walking alone, walk with your, walk with your keys between your fingers and maybe, you know, the less to grab, the better travel mm -hmm. light, you know, keys in your fingers. Like why? So someone doesn't key your fingers, uh, grab your keys or so that you can fight back and stab them in the eye oh, with your keys. So, oh yeah. So you couldn't, you've never heard that before. Oh no. I, I just didn't know where you're going. I know you're hardcore, but are you like stab uh, people in the eye with keys? Hardcore. Totally. Okay. It's a defense mechanism for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, from as long as I can remember, my mom taught me to, to when I'm walking alone to walk with my keys in between my fingers. Hmm. That's a that's a fine idea. I used to just carry a knife. Well, I'm from Cape Breton. We're extra hardcore. I was gonna say you're from the Maritimes, <laughs> but it wasn't like people. I was more worried like a coyote is gonna come out of the woods and I'm gonna have to like fight a dog in the woods or something. Oh no, I've always been more scared of people. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, you would be scared of people if you knew what happened to another woman on a subway the day after this. So we had this incident, which is, you know, theft, a crime, uh, with an assault being pulled down the stairs and stuff. But the following day, January 24th, the TTC was in the news again, but this time it was for one of those random, seemingly unprovoked violent incidents that could very easily been the kind of story that ended up in our last episode. Here's what happened on the 24th. Seems like every day now we're hearing of yet another violent incident on the TTC. And this is a live look now of the scene of today's terrifying incident. A suspect now in police custody after a stabbing on a TTC streetcar, which they've now removed from the scene here. Uh, police say it happened right around 2 p.m. this afternoon. When officers arrived on scene, they say they found a woman in her 20s suffering from multiple stab wounds to her head and face. She was rushed to hospital where she's now in stable condition with non-life-threatening injuries. Police say the suspect, a woman in her 40s, was arrested at the scene and has since been charged with one count of aggravated assault. A knife was also recovered at the scene. Police say at this point, initial reports indicate the victim and the suspect were not known to each other, but that will be confirmed through further investigation. Now, today's incident follows a troubling spate of violence on the TTC in recent weeks and days, an issue that's raising some serious concerns among transit riders. 
it's making me not feel safe as a young adult in their early 20s. Like, this is crazy and ridiculous. Like, I don't feel safe anymore. It's becoming unsurprising, and I don't want to live in a city where violence is normalized. I think that, you know, it is the job of our uh, municipal government to really consider uh, how to make citizens safer. We're aware that there are ongoing issues with safety with the TTC, and this has been raised a number of times. Uh, Toronto Police is working in conjunction with the city to address these safety issues and with Toronto Transit. Um, we are working to increase our presence uh, on, on the system. Now, police are asking anyone who was present on the streetcar at the time of today's incident who hasn't already contacted them or spoken to them to contact 14 Division. Uh, uh, getting stabbed on a streetcar by what appears to be a stranger is uh, pretty horrific. Luckily, as, as you hear in the article there, she was taken to hospital and, you know, I, I don't, I think they did say that it wasn't expected to be life-threatening, but looking at some photos that I've seen of the, the scene after it, there was a tremendous amount of blood in that streetcar. It's pretty horrific, horrific. And like, she was attacked in her head and face. Mm, like that's, yeah. that's, oof, that's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, you get when you think of getting stabbed. I'm thinking of getting a knife in like my stomach or something, which right. is brutal. But like head and face is like she's lucky she didn't lose an eye or something. Yeah. Or well, yeah. I, I'm sure there's going to be uh, life altering injuries, at least just the you know the physical, uh, like a scar on your face. You know, years later, it's still going to change your life. But I think the biggest uh, damage that will likely happen to someone when you survive a random assault with someone on a bus trying to stab your face and head is just you know the fear of it but uh you know in the future but in this case like with what we heard so far in that article they were still looking for more information it was expected to possibly be random um we get a a much better look at what happened on that streetcar because the victim only days later uh, gave an interview to global news and i'm going to play that in a moment but just something to be said about it is the way they did the interview. She has her head to the or the back of her head to the camera, so you don't see her face. You just kind of see a bit of her hair, like from the back or whatever. So you can't identify her. So you don't get a sense of how injured she is. But I'm thinking she's at least like traumatized enough that she doesn't even want her face on the news. But here's what she had to say about about what happened, and it's uh, it's certainly concerning. I remember. Uh looking at myself in, in like TTC mirror, like in the reflection of the mirror, and I was bleeding. My entire face was with blood. This is the 23-year-old woman who was stabbed on Tuesday while riding the Spadina streetcar. She has asked that we conceal her identity because she fears running into her assailant again. I didn't look at her, look at her. I mean, we glanced at her. The University of Toronto architecture student, a permanent resident who came to Canada from India to study in 2018, was on her way to meet some classmates. She was heading southbound on Spadina, just south of Bloor, around 2 p.m., when a woman sitting across from her attacked her with a knife. I didn't even see it, like when she she took out a knife or whatever, but I just remember like she coming at me, and then I I started I tried to run, and I like I fell down on the side. And this lady, she sat on top of me and she started stabbing on my head. She began to scream. She believes she was stabbed six or seven times. She also has a defensive wound on her hand and wrist. I just remember like me shouting out loud uh, that help me, somebody help me. Did you see the knife? I, it was, yeah, it was like a the folding one, you know, which- An army um, knife, Swiss army knife? She says the attack seemed to go on for minutes and is severely traumatized. I remember seeing two guys. They pulled her off, like from the back, I guess, from the behind, and then they laid her on the ground, and she was there. 43-year-old Leia Valdez remains in custody, facing charges including attempted murder. While the victim says she will heal physically, she is now paralyzed with fear. This question still arises to me, like, it's still in my mind, why? Why, why did she even do to me? Like, I, I didn't even look at her. I didn't do anything to her. I was just sitting, minding my own business. She came to Canada to fulfill her dreams of becoming an architect, now wondering how she can move on. I really want to finish my studies and, you know, finally have my dreams come through. But I don't know if I'll feel safe. Like, I'm being scared of people. 
And the victim says a police officer called her to see how she was doing. She says that officer said she had seen the surveillance video from aboard the streetcar and said it was very, very lucky that she survived. For now, this woman, this U of T student, says she is unable to complete and return to her studies, though that's why she is here in Canada. That was her dream. And she says it is doubtful she will ever be able to ride the TTC again. Tracy. How understandably so scared, Catherine, but she's very strong for sharing her story tonight. Thank you for that, Kath. When you see the woman in that news clip, she's just a tiny little thing, would have a very hard time defending herself by a lunatic with a knife. I feel horrible for her. You hear in her voice and, and in her words that it, it doesn't seem to be anything that has any kind of motive whatsoever. It's not like they exchanged words or anything. It seems like someone just jumped on her. She's rattled and for good reason, because yeah. that's, yeah, that's nightmare fuel. Just minding um, your own business and being attacked anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and then in, and viciously attacked. Right. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, like they arrested the 43 year old woman who did it on the scene. Like, did she just stand around afterwards? Like that's, it kind of makes me think, I, we don't know where this will go, but I'm, I'm expecting it's going to be some kind of a mental health thing or something. I'm thinking if it was. Well, two like, men and, pulled her off. Mm -hmm. I imagine. Her. I imagine someone held her until police got there or something, or maybe she just laid there. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I just think like if if you were going to do that to someone, I think like your next step would be like, I got to get the hell like, out of here. Bail, yeah. Because you, you're not supposed to do this. But honestly, she's lucky to be alive. All it would take is one of those um stabs that went into her head or her face just hitting her in the neck or something and she'd be done yeah. and like during mm -hmm. that um news clip there's one spot where the the camera was kind of looking over her head and you could see like a big slice on her scalp like it was it was pretty brutal well um, and in the article i read uh they said you know they rushed her to hospital and everything and she spent time in the operating room like she had to she had to get surgery yeah, well, you see on her oh. hand and her wrist where she had defensive wounds, there was a bunch of stitches. So like there there would have been that. What looked like it, the cut that I saw on her scalp, it looks like some of the hair was maybe shaved and it was pro probably to stitch it up. But yeah, or this is someone like something. she got cut up a bunch. Yeah. In the middle was... of the day by a stranger on the TTC. And were it not for a couple people on the bus who stepped up and took that person down, this very easily could have been a different ending oh yeah even if even if she had you know better for lack of a better word better aim like this could have ended with yeah. only one stab yeah, absolutely yeah or Oof. better aim or even worse aim you just you miss and it ends up in someone's neck like ugh. right it's, exactly it's gross to think Oof. about but it's just if you're stabbing someone whether you intend to or not, you can very, very easily end up killing them. And she's lucky to be alive. Just like, seems like the police said when they spoke to her as well, we saw the footage and you're lucky. Oh. Um, what we're going to move on to next is some stories um, about drivers and TTC employees being attacked. Because in this one week of chaos on the TTC, uh, several employees were also involved in these bizarre incidents but before we do i have another voice memo i want to share from a listener who uh, wants to let us know about something that happened to them on the ttc here's what kim had to say hi jordan so i love your show i could listen to the nighttime intro music on a loop for hours i also had the joy of listening to your last episode about the ttc while on the ttc so one of the stories i have to share was about 10 years ago I was waiting for the bus near Dundas and Bay Street. I had a bag of heavy textbooks. So I leaned against one of those big cement planters to wait. So a guy in purple pajamas jumps out from the other side, demanding a cigarette. He starts shouting violent sexual things and then lunges and starts chasing me around the cement planters in circles. While this was happening, half a dozen other commuters all stood there in a neat line and watched. They were like a silent panel. And all I could think to do was to keep bobbing and weaving around these planters. I was buying myself time and without fully turning and exposing my back because I thought he might have a knife. Just when things were getting grim for me, these private security guards from a financial institution all stream out of the building and tackle the guy. And they were wrestling on the concrete. And the guy was still shouting really vulgar things as I boarded the bus like nothing happened. 
I vividly remember sitting on that bus and the bystanders' looks of shame, particularly the adult men, when they realized I had just been a fellow commuter like they were when this happened. I think because of how I dressed at the time and how I was waiting slightly apart, it was easier for them to assume that I knew the guy or had provoked him in some way. Society has become a bit more aware since then, but whenever I see shenanigans on public transit, I always remember that experience when I was younger. When we see a bad situation, it's often our first instinct to make up a silly rationalization, and we do that to distance ourselves from it. So I have a tip, if listeners don't already know this, the TTC has emergency power cut cabinets on either side of each platform if someone falls on the tracks. And above all, don't ever hesitate to call for help. We can't always afford to stand around and hope somebody bigger or stronger will intervene, and we each have to commit to being an active bystander. Don't be like that silent panel of dorks. Thank you for listening to my story, and I hope your listeners stay warm, safe, and sufficiently weary. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> warm, safe, and sufficiently weary. She had like a, a, a sign-off, I guess is the right word, but what she describes, I have some thoughts on this, this idea that she describes it as like the silent panel that is watching on. It's it's awful like to think of being involved, like being attacked or something and just seeing people just like sitting around watching. And nowadays, like they'd all have their phones up, you know, filming you and stuff. Um, I know like myself, if, if I was somewhere and I saw someone getting beaten or attacked or something without thinking uh, about what may happen to me, I think my instinct would be to try to help in some way. But at the same time, I think when when you hear some of these stories with people with knives and all this stuff, it's like you're also you're putting yourself in harm's way by by getting involved in some of this. I would be I think I would be afraid to jump on top of someone with a knife. But then again, if I saw them stabbing another person, I my mind wouldn't even go there. It would just go to like, you know, do something and make this stop. Um, so it's, it's kind of a loaded idea, but I don't think. I think whether it's on the TTC or anywhere, I don't think we can just let things happen to people as humans. No, God, no. Just standing, being a bystander and not doing anything is like the worst thing you can do. Uh, By well, the time I was to, in high school. Second to watching and filming, not doing anything. Right, exactly. But in all of almost all of the stories we've talked about in this series about the TTC, almost all of them have random people witnessing it. And in most cases have random people like strangers, bystanders getting involved, trying to prevent it from happening. We just the story we just talked about with the stabbing, I would I will say the people who pulled that woman, the 43 year old woman off of uh, of the victim saved her life certainly absolutely but yeah. then remember and especially like with the random incidents the bystanders also have to like figure out what just happened and like gauge the situation and figure out what to do yeah because it's it's random to them too like they they yeah, also you, you know oh yeah, like you got your headphones like... on and you hear a rattle and you take your headphones off like what is happening What's and you see on? this going on it's like you need a second to be like, wait, what is happening? And right, that's kind exactly. Of what, what Kim, I think, in in the voicemail that she sent there, she kind of described that like people probably like may have thought like I was with him and like I got in a fight with my boyfriend or something. But she's like, they no, were that trying was just... to justify it somehow. Yeah, like no, that was just a complete nut that could have grabbed you, but grabbed me instead. With be, she ended with like be sufficiently weary. Yeah, I think like these stories in this episode, this series has taught me, you know. It, on public transit, whether it's in Toronto or anywhere else, you got to look out for yourself, look out for each other, just keep your eyes on things. If you see something, say something. Let's move on to uh, two stories from this past week of attacks on staff of the TTC. The first one we're going to jump back to January 21st, which is two days before that earlier story we heard about the perch snatching. Uh, this is a January 21st, which is a Saturday story of a TTC worker being shot while on duty by a pellet gun or BB gun. Here it is. I love driving bus. I love doing it. But on Saturday night, driver Alexandra Steckel experienced something else. After starting her shift, she stood waiting to pick up her bus at this Scarborough intersection. And then she felt it. 
looking down at my phone, I, I didn't see what was hitting me. I, I didn't know what was hitting me. And then um, when I looked up, I was hit, you know, just square in the forehead. A drive-by shooting, but those weren't actual bullets. By the time I turned back to look, it was just a car with some teenage kids in it. Um, they had a like a BB gun or an air rifle kind of gun hanging out the window. Then she heard it. All they said to me was, you TTC. Steckel says she feels lucky she wasn't hurt. Even though air guns and ones that fire BBs can cause a lot of damage, as you can see in this video. With TTC operator safety issues growing last summer, Steckel wrote Mayor John Tory expressing concern. She says she got no response. But on Monday, she wrote another letter to the mayor and got an answer. Steckel also says she heard from TTC head Rick Leary, who wants a meeting, and she got a call of concern from Toronto's new chief of police. Making the system safer for operators is something within reach, she says, by providing more security at stations and doing something about uniforms. But when I put on that uniform, suddenly I'm, you know, a lot of people's worst enemy, right? So it, the uniform is making us a target. Steckel says among many drivers, there's a growing feeling that requiring operators to wear uniforms to work causes more risk. The operators right now, they don't want to wear the TTC jackets. They don't want to wear our uniforms to work. They, they want to be in plain clothes so that when we are on the streets by ourselves, we're not identifiable. We are just, you know, the same as everyone else. Steckel, just 16 months of the job, worries she may not be so lucky the next time. It's a pretty bad sign that employees feel unsafe wearing the uniform. Is this something new? Because this blew my mind. Yeah, it must be because that that shocks me. Like, what what would like, you what have? Did what they grudge do? Would you have? Well, I guess people are probably mad if the bus is late or something. Like that. Other than that, what could possibly be like? Screw you, TTC, and shoot someone in the right? head with a BB gun. And like, you're a teenager. How could the TTC possibly have pissed you off that much? That poor woman. Mm -hmm. I have never been shot with a BB gun, but I imagine it hurts. I hear it like heck. Yeah, I've been I've been hit by them, but never in like the face. Usually, you if, like I've been hit through like my jacket and stuff, and it hurt. But like in, getting hit in the face is, uh, and when you're not expecting it, she's like right. standing on the side of the road waiting for the bus. And once again, uh, she's lucky she didn't lose an eye. Yeah, but it's Ugh. it's an attack against in an attack by a teenager who, which was probably like a disorganized, stupid thing that they did. But still, it's um. Well, and she, she explained how she looked and saw these these teenage boys and she said they had the gun out the window yeah like a drive-by shooting from like a video game or a movie and or something what like, were they thinking were they the only ones in this car are they just wandering around with a bb gun because i'm picturing like a long bb like a long like rifle style bb gun right was it just like a little one that's easier to it's, hide it's as far as I know, it was like a car of teenagers in one in the back seat hanging out the window with like what looks like a rifle that's a BB gun driving yeah. through downtown, like near downtown Toronto, which that raises all these other questions. Right. There are so many questions. Oh, my God. And I don't uh, think that these these boys were ever caught to my I, knowledge. Not that I could see, um, but man someone's uh, it's just not cool that's uh that's far bizarre from um but not the only bizarre attack against a ttc employee uh let's jump ahead to january 25th um this one is truly nightmare fuel listen to this Another day, another alleged assault against Toronto transit workers, this time in the heart of the city. Just after 7.30 this morning, two TTC workers were reportedly chased by a suspect with a syringe. It happened near Young and Dundas. Both employees were able to get away safely and no injuries were reported. One suspect has been arrested. Okay, that is, I, I, I don't know. I'll take my chances with getting stabbed with a knife before a stranger stabs me with a syringe. I'm sorry. And it doesn't matter what kind of syringe. Any syringe is not okay. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to figure out, was this like a, like an insulin syringe? Or was this like a, like a syringe that you see in a horror movie? Or... Uh yeah I, I don't know different types of syringes but oh. I, when i get like a i'm in the medical field so. yeah you know <laughs> i know my syringes um, yeah <laughs> when i get my flu shot every year that's like getting poked with that thing it's like i find that so uh, traumatizing 
then imagine like uh, you're at work underground under a city and there's just like a lunatic with a syringe charging at you that that is like from the movie saw or something that is a nightmare and these these workers what i read is they <laughs> they had to run away from this guy who's chasing them and they eventually got to um this kind of like like a glassed in booth that employees can get in and they managed to get in and shut the door behind them and like lock it as this guy's like outside banging on the glass and stuff before they come and get him. I, oh, I want to know. I want to know more. Like, was there something in this syringe? Was that, I mean, it doesn't make it any better. Yeah. But, but like, I want to know what this guy was thinking and why, what, what was the issue? How did he get the syringe? Well, we I don't know there. Yeah. It, very little has come out about this. It's <sighs> and the reason for that is because there has just been so many attacks on TTC staff and riders in the week that each one of these stories just kind of pop up and disappear because the next later that night, there's a new one to they take can't over. keep up. Yeah. Cause we had the, um, the BB gun incident. We had the syringe the story that i think took over the most during this one week on the ttc was a situation that involved uh, a, a a ttc employee being swarmed by a group of kids and a swarming is when a, a large group of people attack one person i'm going to play the news clip but this one is is turning out to be a little more complicated than it sounds initially so listen to this the surveillance video shows a bus pull up to a stop at Marion Road at Kennedy at 3.36 p.m. Moments later, a group spills out of the transit vehicle, and you can see a skirmish ensue, someone getting knocked to the ground as a large group gets involved in the melee. There were two um, on-duty uh, TTC operators who were on their way to a relief point uh, to pick, pick up their vehicle and go about their shift. And uh, they were attacked by, uh, as police have said, a group of 10 to 15 uh, people. Police say there was an altercation between a group of teens on board a TTC bus yesterday afternoon and two TTC employees would end up being physically assaulted. It's just really bad because these people are just trying to work. It's scary because uh, you go to work thinking you're going to be okay and you're fine. This incident comes just days after a TTC operator was shot with a BB gun while taking over a bus in the area of Markham Road and Progress Avenue. And last month, a TTC operator was assaulted and robbed by a masked male while on duty at the Long Branch Loop in Etobicoke. The union representing TTC workers is calling on the TTC in the city to do more to prevent all forms of violence against its members. Meanwhile, the city's mayor is also decrying these attacks, tweeting, we have to put an end to these acts of violence and disrespect against transit workers. Fourteen boys, all 13 years of age, were identified through TTC surveillance video and arrested. Two boys were charged with a single count of assault. Two other 13-year-old boys were charged with two counts of assault. Uh, a group of 10, 13, 14-year-old boys attacking uh, TTC staff. That's that's a bit of a scene in the middle well, of it, downtown, in the middle of the day. It happened three days prior. Yeah. It's, Why and, do you sound so surprised? Well, and it also, like, not necessarily relevant to the TTC, but if you follow crime news in toronto um just before christmas i think or maybe it was just after christmas there was like a large group of like 13 or 14 year old girls who were arrested and uh for i think beating a homeless man to death and they they eventually got caught but before they beat the homeless man to death they were actually um causing trouble on the ttc they eventually leave the ttc and they killed someone above ground which is why it didn't make it into our prior episode but this is a bit of a thing but in this specific case with this swarming of the ttc uh, staff the initial video that came out was shot from across the street and what you see is um two staff members outside of the bus with a large group of kids around them and they're all kind of like pushing and screaming and then they end up on the ground all fighting um, so it was originally uh, people's opinions and the news reports were going based on that video but a couple days later another video re was released from a different angle and that kind of changed maybe not, I wouldn't say change my opinion, but at least at least it gave me a few new questions about what may have happened. But in the second video that was released, you actually see one of the TTC employees push one of the kids. And that looks to be what's 
what starts the whole melee. Apparently, the, the story that's going around is that there was some kind of incident between riders on the bus. Some kids got kicked off the bus. A TTC staff member followed them off the bus to, I don't know what they were going to do, yell at them or something like that. And that's when the push happened that started the whole thing. So I have a feeling this is one that's going to have more to it than meets the eye initially. Yeah, I agree. And because when I watched the the other video of the employee pushing him, I was like, okay, wrong, maybe. Mm-hmm. But... I don't think he would push him for for no something something else happened. Maybe yeah. the kid was mouthing off, and maybe he deserved it. Yeah, who knows? But I think if you are whatever your position is, if you're faced with like a group of ten angry thirteen year olds and everyone's screaming, I think like pushing one of them, unless it's absolutely necessary, is not really, the best decision. That is really stirring up, like really kicking the hornet's nest. He really underestimated that large group of children because, yeah, that was they swarmed and they swarmed quick. Yeah. But it, it again, it raises these questions about security on the TTC, the presence of police, uh, who is going to protect people when you have, you know, 10 or 14 people coming after you on the TTC and there's, you know, one bus rider or something's not going to be able to stop it. And it, in some of these stories, we hear people are getting you know, stabbed with an ice pick or set on fire while they're waiting for police to arrive. So it's, um, yeah, I think this, at least this incident, although there seems to be more to it, at least continues to raise the question of a police presence or a police force for the TTC or something to keep people safe on there. And with all of this stuff that has gone on over this one week that we've been focusing on, it has become a political issue. And I wonder I wonder if it's a political issue because of the riders being attacked, or is it a political issue because of the actual staff of the TTC being attacked? Well, that's what I was going to say. That last clip we played, mm-hmm. the I don't know who was saying, but they were like, you know, we have to ensure the safety of our you know staff members. And yeah. I'm like, so it takes staff getting attacked for you to be like, we really should tighten security. Yeah, we need to. We need to. Yeah. like a couple is... people were killed and set on fire but no 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 the buck but stops yeah. here with our drivers that's that's what i took from it well the way i see it is if some people so the the riders need to get where they got to go so they may be uncomfortable on the ttc but they're still going to get on and pay their fee to ride the bus maybe some of them will choose to walk or get an uber instead but i would say very few like so if if riders are in this economy yeah good no one's getting an uber yeah (laughs) so riders being unhappy on the ttc doesn't change them paying the ttc to get on but if that's true but if staff members are upset they cannot work they can strike the whole thing shuts down and if the ttc shuts down the city shuts down yeah oh i never thought about that it's a bit it's a bit different of a thing here's what we got to get into now is is the actual we'll we'll call it the solution but it is being described as a band-aid all of this uh, horrific stuff happening on the ttc has led to tremendous amount of media coverage which has led to political pressure um the mayor of toronto is now getting involved in the ultimate band-aid that's being provided at this point is I, I believe the number we're going to hear is 80 police officers are being offered overtime to work to just be on the ttc i'm going to play the news clip which will describe it uh, and we'll we'll talk about if this is appropriate and if this will do anything uniformed police officers riding subway trains buses and streetcars something ttc riders may notice more of in the coming days and weeks effective today The Toronto Police Service will be increasing our daily presence within their transit system. To start, 80 off-duty officers on overtime will be placed across the transit system across the city. Officials say the project will be scaled up or down as necessary. In this particular set of circumstances, we're working with our transit commission partners 
to understand where we can be most effective and where we can make the greatest difference. And that includes not just geographically, but time of day, place, etc. That difference meant to be both enforcement and deterrent with a goal of keeping riders safe and making them feel safe. Our presence brings a sense of comfort and safety to ridership. I know that, I've experienced it myself, riding the subway in uniform. And it's not just for riders. Some TTC employees, also the targets of violence, have made it clear they don't feel safe on the job. It's a legitimate concern on their part. You know, I've talked to them, I've been there with them. Uh, these are concerns that, that uh, resonate in me as well. All these events happening are called random, but it's not a matter of if, it's when there's an act of violence happening in transit right now. The head of the union representing transit workers in Toronto calls today's announcement a start. But I think we're taking care of the symptom as opposed to the root causes. The roots, some of the issues that are happening right now in transit include the underhoused, mental illness in the system. Toronto's mayor, who again today defended his nearly $50 million budget increase for police, says the city is also making major investments in the root causes that have led to some of the current issues. The idea is to do the right thing, have the right resources in place to make sure that we can keep people safe and have them feel safe and address their security concerns, whether it's on the streets or are in the transit system, and that's exactly what we'll do. There are a number of unanswered questions here, including if this will actually work. Remember, there are hundreds of thousands of TTC riders every day, hundreds of routes, dozens of stations, and only 80 officers being put out there to start. So as we just heard there, 80 officers being uh, assigned to the TTC, being paid overtime. So it's a considerable amount of money, but I'm, I'm thinking 80 officers on a system that moves just under 2 million people a day. That's a very small band-aid putting on this, being put on this issue. What are the chances that one of those police officers, and they probably travel in pairs, what are the chances that one of them happened to be on the actual car or bus or whatever that this incident happens? I think this is the biggest waste of money. It, it, like, it's, it's surely just the God. illusion of security. Like you may see one and you may feel better. If someone Maybe. starts stabbing you, they'll be there in 17 minutes at least. Hopefully your head is still on. Yeah, well, it's... Well, right. When you get on a subway, it the subway is a big, long train made of individual cars. What are the chances that there's a cop on the on the train you're on, let alone on the car you're on? If someone's stabbing me in car 34 and the cop got to come all the way down from car number two, hopefully there's a bystander who's able to pull, you know, the knife-wielding maniac off of me. But, it's just, yeah, I don't know. They just, they have it, to do something. It, so they're like, we'll do 80 cops. And just, and like on overtime, no less. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't, I don't want to get onto this tangent because that's, that's a whole other thing. Oh, are we going to talk about defunding police? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm that kind of gal. So. Okay. Let's not get political. That's a political statement. What if um, 80 cops being paid overtime I wonder what that would translate just into like just security guards or something. Cause it's not like right. you need like a, a cop who knows the law. What all I would want on there is some, like someone with a taser or something. But, and that's what I was thinking. Like, I was bouncers. like, cops, cops seem like such an overkill. And like, especially like at overtime, they're making way too much money for something that's not going to work. So mm -hmm. yeah, why not put those funds into hiring more legitimate security? Because didn't you say the TTC security is like kind of in between? A, yeah, a it seems and then like, like they, just a regular security personnel. Yeah, it's like they kind of have like an almost have their own police force where it's somewhere between security and police because they have some kind of like ability to arrest and take people into custody and stuff. But I, I would wonder, think, do they carry a weapon? If you know, I, I, I don't know, but you, I would think a taser would be effective. Well, exactly. And that's um, got to be at least cheaper or like right on par. Yeah. And, and again, when we're talking about security and all this stuff, th that is the band-aid that needs to be placed on the issue. But ultimately, so many of these crimes that we've talked about seem to have mental health implications and a big, uh, or, or mental health as um, kind of an overarching theme of them. If you have a, a public transit system that is also doubling as a homeless shelter and a crisis shelter, you know, this stuff is going to continue to happen. So I wonder what it would cost to open up a few more, you know, or, or put some money towards homeless shelters versus, you know, paying these cops. But, um, or even just like mental health facilities or yeah. anything like that, mental or just, health, or, or just clinics. spread it up around, among all of it with, and still with some, with, uh, 
a significant investment in security, but I think that's something the TTC should have and needs to have. If you're going to move just under 2 million people through the city each day, you can't just have it be the self-serve train flying around underground. There needs to be well, and what would be a feasible solution? Because it's not like you can get airport security mm. to enter the subway. Yeah, that's true. Because it needs you to know? be fast and efficient. And it also needs to be priced at a way that everyone can afford it. So it's not like they, right. can, they, can, they can't make up all that much of it through the fees. Like, you know, some people may say they should just raise the fees 25% and, you know, whatever. But yeah, that, that's, that's, that's also not the solution. It's a complicated problem. Totally. Yeah. It's certainly for whatever reason, just like rearing its ugly head in Toronto ever since we released that Yeah. It's it's nuts. Well, I've talked to a few people in Toronto, including my best friend, Randy, who I've described as the TTC's biggest fan. Um, Is he listening? He's, I'm sure he is, uh, but he's down. Actually, he probably shut this off. I was just going to say he's going (laughs) to share it and be like fake news. (laughs) Yeah. But what... (laughs) What he says is that it, and what others I've spoke to says is that have said is that um, the TTC is a different beast during the winter because it really becomes somewhere that the unhoused and mentally ill who should have other right. resources they go underground and get onto the TCC where it's warm, and that kind of makes sense. And is it twenty four hours the TTC? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it's complicated. I hope that eighty police officers somehow are able to at least make some people feel safe but i don't know if feeling safe is even important at this point no feeling safe and being safe are two very different things yep certainly and you know if you're amongst a crowd of uh i don't know three thousand people getting onto a train and there's one cop <laughs> like oh, is he gonna be able to help me exactly yeah uh, well yeah. lots of people lots of people also don't trust cops so we live in a complicated world and we live during an awful time that 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 puts it really perfectly short and sweet but (laughs) right to the point (laughs) yeah well let's start wrapping this up madeline we end typically with uh you teasing what you're doing next you just released an amazing video on correct me if i get the pronunciation wrong jeremy skibeki 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 yeah you're you have a video outlining his crimes and the issues that uh, surround finding his victims at the landfill. Uh, What are you working on next? I am working on a kind of local case to me. Um, Back in 1993, there was a murder of a 70-year-old man just outside of Kamsack, Saskatchewan. But two sisters, the Quaison sisters, they ended up being convicted and of second degree murder and they are still incarcerated 30 30 years later but it's a wrongful conviction um mm. yeah it's they they were also with their cousin who was underage at the time and he actually admitted to killing this man and he's admitted it many times but they they're still incarcerated and yeah it's very it's very odd you release a youtube video um every tuesday every tuesday yeah okay and people want to find you there you're madeleine klein madeleine klein all all one word well we'll start wrapping it up anything else you want to tease or talk about before we go or anything you want to say for people who are going to ride the ttc um what did our listener kim say i liked what she said yeah she said Say something about being weary and be sufficiently weary be yeah, sufficiently was, weary i love that yeah. was, i think it was some i don't remember her exact words but it was like be happy stay safe and be stay warm yeah and i hope those stay warm safe and sufficiently weary i want to thank you for joining madeline and i for this episode of nighttime now, I'm going to start wrapping things up here, but before I do, I have thanks. First, a big thanks to Madeline for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big thanks to Monty Data, who contributes the music for this episode, and LJ from the Dystopian Simulation podcast, who provides the intro and outro voiceovers. 
But lastly, and most importantly, I have a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now, on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Gavin, Rashley, and Kitty Cat, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it by way of a premium feed subscription, you can give us a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting some like-minded friends know what's been going on on the TTC. If you have any story ideas, if you want to give feedback on the show, or contribute a voice memo to be aired and responded to in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com contact. We both hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and stay sufficiently weary. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Hi. Her name is Elspeth. Elspeth Tassioni. You know her as the offbeat but brilliant defense attorney from The Good Wife and The Good Fight. You've been a very busy little bee. Buzz, buzz. Now, she's in New York with the NYPD. This is very different. But still using her unconventional ways to find the truth. You're trying to sniff me, Miss Tazioni? <laughs> Elspeth, new series Thursdays on Global. Stream on Stack TV.